Hello and welcome, Bengals fans. How are we doing today? This is your host of the Sports Ethos Cincinnati Bengals podcast. My name is Josh Reeser. You can find me on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. And you can find this Sports Ethos page at at Ethos Bengals. Like I said, I am part of the Sports Ethos Network, which is rapidly growing. And recently, they've really been hammering out the uh, Dynasty football and basketball content, which I am a huge fan of. I right now playing two Dynasty basketball leagues. I think I'm in five or six football. Uh, I, I mean, I live, breathe, and eat fantasy. So I would love to talk to those guys a little more. So uh, why don't you subscribe and come see what we have to say. Anyways, it's uh, been a while since I've talked about the Bengals. Uh, you know, kind of slow off season for them. Still no extension news on anything. I don't know if it's go- what's going on with Burrow. I thought they'd want to get that done, especially before Herbert. You know, they already uh, got passed up by Hertz, Lamar. So I don't want to see them pay too much. Hopefully, oh, you know, Joe has said he's trying to keep the boys together, so... It's nice to hear he's kind of taking more of a team-friendly deal, I guess. But, yeah, still no news on T either. So, but this is not what the episode is about. Today, I'm going to be going down the schedule. Or at least uh, the first half or so. Which uh, they really need to take advantage of. Because it gets pretty brutal down the stretch here. Um... But first, a couple little tidbits about their offseason, or their upcoming season, I should say. They travel the lowest amount of miles this year in the NFL, which uh, is going to be great for their bodies and recovery. It always sucks after a game having to get immediately on a plane and and sit there for, for hours, although I'm sure the team planes are a lot more um, comfortable than what I'm used to. Also, it's the first full camp where Joe Burrow is not either injured or having a emergency organ surgery or having to do everything through Zoom because it's COVID and they can't even practice together. And I mean, let's be honest, every year that he's been there, they have started off slow because he hasn't been quite up to speed or where he needed to be. However... Now that he gets a chance, I think it's going to be a big difference. And like I said, them getting off to an early jump is huge this, this season. Especially because the division, I think, has uh, pretty much gotten upgraded everywhere. I I could actually argue about the Steelers, but year two, Kenny Pickett can probably only be better than year one. And if it isn't, then... Ha ha ha. Okay. Let's get into it. Uh, they start week one at Cleveland, so it's not a big travel away game. Uh, Interesting, they do start back-to-back weeks against AFC North Divisional opponents, so that could be huge to get a jump on the gun there. Uh, But, you know, recently versus the Browns, the Bengals have not had good success. Burrow was 1-4, and the only game he won was as a rookie the first time he played them. Last year, they got embarrassed on national television on Halloween night. I remember because I was working and I tried so hard to get get off quickly and blah 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 
and then I just sat there and watched them get dismantled. Ugh. And the reason, or one of the reasons why, mainly why, is because Miles Garrett had his way with the offensive line that Cincinnati put out there. Uh, I think it was opening drive, he tipped ball, intercepted it in the red zone, and that just completely set the tone for the game. Garrett uh, has 11 sacks versus Cincinnati, which is the most against any team in his career, so that's saying something as well. However, he's never gone up against Orlando Brown in a Cincinnati Bengals uniform. Uh, let's say, you know, Jonah isn't the most athletic. He's not the best pass protector at left tackle either. Orlando should be a big upgrade there. You know, especially with year two Cordell Volson as well. Like, the, the entire offense line should be an upgrade in general. So I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully we're not going to be running on first and second down every series. Uh, but another little interesting thing about the Browns is that they are supposedly implementing an entire new offense built around Deshaun, which will be interesting to see. I'm sure it'll be a lot more spread and open and more receivers on the field. be interesting to see how they use Nick Chubb because he's such a good pure runner. But with the upgrades on defense that Cincinnati has made, I'm not too worried about it because they got a lot more fast, a lot more athletic. And if they need to put more defensive backs on the field, I feel comfortable given the depth that they have now. Uh, like I said, week two is another AFC North opponent, which is Baltimore. Uh, Burrow, he's 4-2 and two against them. However, only one of those wins came against Lamar. I think it was like Anthony Brown, Tyler Huntley, and someone else I have uh, forgotten. Not that it's a big, uh, big deal, but let's see. It was Josh Johnson. Probably uh, the worst of the bunch. So let's say that's not too impressive. However, Burrow has feasted against their secondary. Uh, in 2021, he had those two games where he had like 900 combined yards and seven touchdowns. So he averages over 300 yards a game. He's got nine touchdowns, three interceptions. So if it needs to become a shootout, I'm, I got faith in, in the boys. Uh, however, I think the key matchup there will be stopping Lamar's legs. Although they will be implementing another new offense as well. You know, the AFC North kind of is just kind of changing a little bit, huh? Except except for Pittsburgh, they're sticking with Canada. But they now have Todd Monken, who came from UGA, who was also the Buccaneers offensive coordinator a few years ago. So it'll be a lot more balanced. They're not going to run the ball every play and, uh, you know, rely on their athletic ability to get outside. Or the crazy spin move that Lamar put on the Bengals a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, having Lamar back will be huge for them. Let's see if he's a little more motivated after getting paid. He's 2-1 versus Burrow, so he might have he has the upper hand, technically. And uh, it would be kind of fun to watch Dax and Justice Hill. I did not know they were brothers, but let's uh, hope Dax gets the best of him. I think here is another part where... Uh, the, the more athletic ability that the defense has will be able to, to help shut down Lamar with the, with the speed. Um, having, you know, getting pressure to him is, is big as well. Adding Murphy in the first round, if we can keep him on ice skates and not let him pick those holes that he wants to run through, I think that's a big, uh, big way 
Bengals can pull off a W here and hopefully be 2-0, and and especially against divisional opponents, that would be that'd be huge to start off the season like that. Next, they, ha they host a Monday night football game against the Rams in a uh, Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago. That still hurts my soul. Uh, the Rams are not the same team from then, really. I guess Stafford still is the quarterback. Akers is still the running back, and Cup is still there, but they've all gotten older and less explosive, and Cup's coming off that injury, and St I think Stafford's coming off an injury. They still have this guy named Aaron Donald who pisses me off every time I look at him. And uh, I, I wonder if they have have uh, forgotten about the joint practice for now where he, he took the dude's helmet off and started swinging it around like that dude. He's got some issues. And, you know, there was talks of him retiring, and I, I kind of hoping he was because I was just, you know, he's had a great career, don't get me wrong. He's a great player, but he's just kind of uh, not been the same over the past, I think, mentally, which I get. I get. Uh, Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay, little uh, teacher versus student episode. Hopefully, Zachy boy can can get his revenge. You know, I think the key matchup, I, like I said, would be stopping Aaron Donald. I think we have a much better offensive line than we did bef when we were in the Super Bowl as well. So that's going to play big, big part into it. You know, just just keeping Burrow upright and you know letting him do his little thing with his short passes and just move that offense so easily and he he just knows where the ball needs to be and I've not really you know Jalen Ramsey I think he's kind of lost a step like I hope Jamar just roasts him again uh that could also I feel be a big uh, big game for Irv Smith for some reason I don't know why that's just popped in my head but maybe uh, you know the Rams sell out on stopping the outside and Irv maybe you know Irv been sneaky and in, in the mini camp that I heard He's looking pretty athletic, pretty explosive. So if he can just make those clutch plays where he needs to, let's roll. Uh, another little fun storyline is Nick Scott facing his former team. He started for last year. He was primarily special teams earlier in his career, but I think he's 25, and now he's probably going to start for the Bengals. So maybe he uh, can he get a revenge INT? I hope so. Week four, the Bengals head just a little down south to Nashville, where uh, Joey B is three and zero versus Mike Vrabel and the Titans. Uh, a lot of questions for Tennessee this offseason, like is DeAndre Hopkins going to start there, or sign there? I should say he definitely will start. Uh, what's going on with Henry? Like how much more uh, gas does he have in the tank? I mean. They really didn't do much this offseason except for draft the quarterback who puts mayonnaise in his coffee. So I don't know. Will we, who, who will be quarterback? Will it be Tannehill? Or uh, does Tennessee start 0-3 and maybe they give the reins to Levis for a, a few weeks to see if he can do anything? In my eyes, this should be an easy win. Uh, really, the only thing the Bengals need to do is stop the, the Henry train. You know, they've drafted a couple of running backs the past couple of years, but it just seems like they're just so reliant on Henry. And me being a big fantasy guy, I actually did go out and buy him this offseason in a couple of leagues because I think they are just going to run him. And, no, and in those leagues, I'm trying to win it all, so it's not like I'm going young on that team. Uh, anyways, last season when they played, the Bengals stopped Henry 
pretty decently. They held them to 2.2 yards on 17 carries, so that's like 30, probably 35 yards, 36, I don't know. So definitely a DJ Reader game as long as we can stuff the middle. I think we'll be athletic enough to contain him on the outside. Maybe this is one of those fluke games where Tannehill busts like one of those 60-yard runs that he can do. Although he's getting a little older, so don't really foresee that happening. Uh, week 5 should be another easy one. I feel they go to Arizona, one of their uh, one of their more uh, travel high games. Uh, Arizona will be having a basically brand new coaching staff all around, and one of our coordinators, uh, Lou Anmuro, was a finalist for them. So that could have been a fun storyline. But I'm glad he's back. I think you know, get on the Arizona early, make them play from behind, especially if Kyler isn't there because he's coming off that ACL surgery. You know, it would be fun to see him and Burrow. They were back-to-back first overall picks in 2019 and 2020. Uh, both kind of have gone different directions in their personal and professional careers. Kyler gets scrutinized a lot about his Call of Duty and his work ethic, while Joe Burrow is kind of like the face of what leadership should almost be, in my eyes at least. So I think the key matchup is definitely if Kyler plays, not letting him run. I don't really know what kind of offense they're going to be running over there. So, yeah, that will be a, a fun one to watch. I Hopefully, like I said, they get up early, and if we have to play the backups in the fourth quarter and I can go for a walk that day in between games, I'll, I'll be a happy man. Be a happy man. Week 6. They host another NFC West of opponent. Uh, they get the Seahawks, who, to me, were a very surprising team last year. You know, they made the playoffs. You know, Geno Smith finally broke out after, like, 10 years in the league. Who, I did like him at West Virginia. He was fun to watch. They, the Bengals and Seahawks have not played in seven or eight years, so don't really have any data with Burrow there. However, I think stopping them in this game is going to be depending if they can get to Geno Smith or not. Surprisingly, he led the league last year in deep passing deep, excuse me, and passes over 20 yards. He had a 47 for 6 completion percentage and 14 touchdowns, which were both tops in the NFL. Uh, which kind of alludes to another key matchup for me, and this one is stopping uh, their three-headed monster as well, that wide receiver, who some people have said they're better than the Bengals. I don't agree. I definitely think, I mean, I guess I could see where people think that. However, I think Chase and Higgins are just a lot better than whatever you want to cont- compare Seahawks top two as, probably DK and maybe Jackson Smith now, since he's there, unfortunately. Uh, you know, big Ohio State fan, so... But, you know, I'm rooting for him. I've always been a big fan of Tyler Lockett as well. One of my good friends was a Kansas State Wildcat fan, so I know all about Tyler. And he's always... He's just been a winner, which is fun. So, getting to Geno, like I said, can't let him sit in the pocket and and let him pass deep because he struggled in the intermediate level of the field very heavily. I think it was like a three touchdown to 15 turnover play 
uh, ratio, which is crazy. So get to him, get to him early, make him do a panic throw across the middle of the field. Boom. Let our athleticism uh, take over and kind of just roll, roll the day, you know. That's a nice home game, so you don't have to worry about the crowd and maybe a, a rainy, sloppy day in Seattle, which they're, which they're known for. Uh, Bengals will miss out on a great cup of Starbucks coffee, unfortunately. But maybe they can show them to some uh, Skyline Chili, who is now uh, spot, who's now uh, taken over as the official Bengals Chili, by the way. See a gold star. Okay, so after Seattle, they, uh, they mosey on into their bye, which at this point is very much needed because I believe that they uh, they should be at this point five and one, maybe four and two. I could see them winning against both Cleveland and, and Baltimore. I could see them losing both games. I could see them splitting it. That said, I think they go three and zero against the NFC West, which is uh this season kind of looking maybe like the NFC worst besides uh, San Fran. But uh, we'll get to them in just a minute, unfortunately. So, yeah, I think they take the victories against uh, Seattle, the Cardinals, and the Rams. And then I also believe they take Tennessee pretty easily. So there's four. But, yeah, Cleveland and uh, Baltimore, that one, those could be tricky. And they need those wins bad because uh, after the bye, it gets a little, little brutal. And in this episode, I'm only going to go over the next two games but they are definitely the most meaningful and impactful, I feel, uh, starting the second half of the schedule. So uh, week eight, they open up traveling to San Fran, which is actually super nice coming off of buy. I didn't even realize that. Uh, having that week off at home and then having the travel, which should be their furthest game, I feel. Between them and Arizona, I actually had to look it up. It is at San Francisco, which I thought is definitely further. So, uh, okay, let's, uh, let's break this one down. Actually, you know, the Bengals, their last loss in December was to San Francisco, and that was back in 2021. So I believe they won three more, and then uh, I think they won all four last week, or all last season, excuse me. Burrow, 0-1-1, versus the Niners, and Zach Taylor is 0-2. You know, um, Niners are definitely thought of one of the top teams in the NFC, if not the NFL, just because they're so, they're so solid all around, and... However, a big question for them is who's going to be at the quarterback. I actually am a big fan of Brock Purdy. I, fo- I followed him a lot in college at Iowa State, and I think it should be him. But, you know, they also invested a very high pick in Trey Lance, and they traded a lot to get up to him. And then they also signed Sam Darnold this offseason, who I've heard has looked pretty good in camps. So, I mean, that's a good problem to have. Uh, like I said, I think Purdy wins it. And I think the key matchup to this game is being able to stop all of their playmakers. You know, the Niners, they got a good, solid athletic defense. Losing D'Amico Ryans, I think, will hurt them. But their offense is just, like, who who do you who do you try to cover the most? I think it's CMC. Like, let's make Purdy the secondary with his arms. His arm. He's not going to use both arms. <laughs> uh, you know, and just... Getting to the ball when the receivers catch it, I think, will be huge. Like, they, the Niners, I should say, have a very good run-after-the-catch ability as a whole between Kittle and Debo, McCaffrey, 
even Ayuk is dangerous with the ball in his hand. He's kind of more of a big play guy down the field, but like the Bengals need to make their tackles one up. So I don't know if that means getting another athletic defensive back on the field to help cover all that speed and explosion. Just keep five guys. Sometimes you see Lou keep five guys like back at the first line, first down line, and make them play what's in front of them, which I actually I love at times. In uh, Lou, we trust. That's what I'm always saying. But yeah, that's that's gonna be a fun matchup to watch. I love that coming off of the bye, just being able to rest up. This maybe it's a Super Bowl uh, preview. You know that the Bengals and Niners have had some pretty crazy ones. Not unfortunately not going the Bengals' way, but uh, maybe it's time for them to get some uh, revenge. Okay, and then the last game I'm going to talk about on this episode is a big one. It's against the Bills, and it's on Sunday Night Football. And the last time, both times, actually it was televised, but. The last time they were playing, I believe it was Sunday night, I had never felt an energy like that in the stadium or even before, like, any game. Like, there was something inside of me that was just riled up. Like, there was so much talk going on between those two teams. And, you know, the the Bills were the big powerhouse in the AFC with the, with the Chiefs and the Bengals weren't getting the respect they deserved. And, you know, they still don't. Like, even in the recent polls, the, the Bills are always favored higher. Josh Allen is always above Burrow. It's like, why? What have they done? They haven't been to two AFC Championship games in a row in a Super Bowl. Almost two Super Bowls. No, he chokes. Like, Josh Allen is this next freaking thing of enlightenment. Enlightenment. And I don't know why. Because he's big and he can run fast. And, like, why isn't Jalen Hurts getting that recognition? I think he's had a more of an ascension than, than Allen. And they almost won the Super Bowl last year, the Philly Philly Eagles, Philly Cheesesteaks. Anyways, so yeah, you know, Cincinnati smashed Buffalo both times they played. Unfortunately, the whole DeMar Hamlin thing happened, so didn't really get to see the, the punishment that was brewing because I think they were up 14-3 to at that point, and they were driving the ball again. But I think the key matchup here is stopping Allen on the ground because, granted how much I don't, you know, not that I dislike him. I think he's just overrated, and I I don't like that he gets put above Burrow. But he's a good athlete, and he's fast. I think I I recall the Bills not wanting to run him as much as they have. But in the divisional matchup, he only had eight rushes for 26 yards. He did have a touchdown. But that's pretty good to me for their one of their strong suits of their offense. You know, he didn't have a pass touchdown. He didn't. Ha- he did have an interception. I think they only sacked him once, but just constant pressure on that kid. Don't let him. It's like Lamar. Don't let him see the holes. Don't let him get to the outside and have to make one guy miss. That's where we can uh, definitely improve there. Just keeping him in the pocket and make it like it. Like a lot of these quarterbacks, make us make them beat us with their arms. So that's basically the first half of the schedule. Um, at this point, you know, I think the worst they are is four and four with those two hard. You know, it's two tough games to start. They can they they get a little padding in the in the first quarter of the schedule, but man, those two games after the bye, those are gonna be real telling. 
San Francisco and Buffalo. It's kind of like the first two. I could see them winning both. I could see them losing both. I could see them splitting it. So, you know, that they they haven't played the Steelers yet. They still got to play the Ravens and the Browns again. They got to play the Chiefs coming up. So I'm looking forward to breaking down that second half. Because as good as the Bengals are, I, it's going to be tough getting to the playoffs, unfortunately. But that said, thank you for tuning in today, guys. I had a really good time talking about this. I little found out found out some more info as I was going along and kind of connecting some dots. But uh, have a good day.